Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into this edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders and myself to talk a little rules of thumb. We're going to go over some popular retirement rules of thumb. You know, how much stock should we put into them? Are they decent? Are they not worth anything? Is it just a kind of a guide path? Or is there any validity to some of these? So we're going to run through a few this week here on the podcast. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. I'm uh, looking forward uh, to just a few days, I guess, or maybe a week or so. Uh, before we have a uh, a dual workshop day in Charlotte at the Potter oh. Law Firm, where we're going to talk about a different way to invest in our first workshop at uh, 11.45 and the second one at 1.15 after lunch is uh, rebalancing your investments. And so we're going to be doing that on the 31st of August. Anybody hearing this like to come, just yeah. give us a buzz. Let us know. Yeah, we're putting this out. Uh, I think that's the 18th, I think, is when we're dropping this. We're taping it a couple of days ahead of time. So, okay. uh, yeah, so plenty of time there. If you haven't gotten, if you already work with Mike and haven't saw that invite or whatever the case is and you'd mm-hmm. like to attend, and you're checking out the podcast, definitely reach out to them. Stop by the website, spcinvesting.com. Uh, shoot them an email or give them a call at 336-668-4338. So, so a little early commercial here in the program. That's today. right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, if you got the this workshop going on, that's very cool. Yeah, so. I'm really excited about it because it gets into the real basic stuff about how we do things. And um, I think it will really be uh, at a level that makes sense and it's easy to grasp and understand. So it might just really heighten your understanding yeah. of what we're doing. And that's, you know, that's always important, I think, Mike, because mm-hmm. we want to make sure, you know, people, we get so wrapped up sometimes in saying, well, make sure that you're not talking down to people or making them mm-hmm. feel dumb or whatever. And it's like, uh, no, that's true. But at the same time, people also, you have to be realistic in the fact that people need to comprehend and be able to put something into play. Right. The more right. complicated it's going to get, is it going to make it easy for them to actually utilize it? Mm-hmm. You know, especially mm-hmm. when they don't do this every day. So, I yeah, think, a great yeah. example is uh, government programs. I've, I've just been talking with some no, people. No, the IRS is complicated or government. Oh program? no, no, never. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why they you have uh, tax preparers. <laughs> That's why they have eighty-seven thousand army coming. Right. Yeah, yeah. coming along. Yeah, but anyway. yeah, you know, it's, I mean, like Social Security. How how do you figure out what in the world you're going to get, and how what's the best way to do it? You know, and Medicare, and, and you know, just on and on and on. Like and like you said, the Probably the greatest example is the uh, tax code. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah, very true. So simple can be good. Simple can be your friend. <laughs> it can be. Uh, speaking of simple, let's start with our first rule of thumb. It's pretty simple. And it's okay. one that many people have heard. I, I kind of sandwiched um, the more obscure ones in the middle and put two, one on each end that I think most people have heard. So mm-hmm. we'll start with rule of 100. And it's a pretty simple rule of thumb. And it's not a bad rule, I don't think, for a quick gauge on our mm-hmm. risk level, Mike, but you know, how much should we how much stock should we put in it? Tell us what it is and what you think about it. Okay. Yeah, the rule of 100 is basically where you're trying to determine what level of risk to mm-hmm. hold in your investments. Uh, and you measure that by standard deviation. We won't get into all that much granularity, but uh, you take your age from the uh, number 100. So if you're 70 years old, subtract that from 100, it's 30. 
And that would be a gauge of what the level of risk is based on the amount of stocks or equities you should hold in your portfolio so, relative to income producing things like bonds. Okay. So 30%. So if you did 70 with your number, so mm-hmm. 70 from 100 leaves 30. So 30% at risk. Right. Okay. Well, yes, 30% at risk. Right. Yeah. And um, the thinking is the older you get, the closer to 100 you are. Sure. Um, when you're 60, less risk. Right. So when you're 60, it's 40% at risk. When you're 70, mm-hmm. it's 30%. When you're 80, it's 20%. Sounds like right. a nice, simple guideline and a sliding scale, but maybe mm-hmm. 30% for a 70 year old is too much. They can't sleep with that much risk or something. Right. And you've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's what is your personal risk tolerance is what it's often referred to as the your ability to tolerate volatility or yeah. changes in the values of your investment portfolio and typically we think on in in terms of the volatility on the downside mm-hmm. on the upside it doesn't typically yeah, nobody, bother nobody cares too much money you know <laughs> we're, we're all happy with it on the upside yeah yeah exactly it's just when things start going down it's sort of like riding in the plane as long as you're headed up or flying oh, level, yeah. yeah, everything's fine. But if you suddenly take a dive, eh, things get a little uh, dicey. Not so much. So. Yeah, get a little worried. That's true. That's a good point. So right. I, I think for the rule of 100, I think it's a nice, like many rules of thumb, I think it's a nice back of the napkin, hey, let's do a quick, you know, think about it. You're sitting there talking with your spouse, you know, and you say, hey, how much risk should we be exposed to? That kind of thing. But I think ultimately you do need to find out the specifics so that you are taking the appropriate amount of risk for your actual age. Exactly. Because the thing you don't want to do is start moving your risk profile around in response to what's going on in the market. So you don't want to start getting riskier. In other words, increasing the amount of equities in your portfolio if the market's just going up and up and up and it seems like there's no top to it. And you, on the other hand, don't want to start reducing your risk if the market's going down, 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 and it does look like you're never going to hit bottom. Yeah. Because you, you want a structure so you can just, like the whole reason for the rule of 100 is to try and get something that you can sleep with. I think you mentioned that in yep. your first comment. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're constantly having to revisit and review and consider, am I too aggressive or not aggressive enough? That can make you lose sleep too. I mean, you know, so structure it so that you can live through any cycle and take advantage of the things that you can do to help improve that return, no matter what the cycles are. Okay. So, All right. So that's the rule of 100. Let's go to the next one, Mike. What's okay. the 75% rule or sometimes called the 80% rule? Yeah. Um, a lot of times I, I used to hear early on in my career that uh, economists say that when you retire, you need about 75 to 80% of your pre-retirement income to live on during retirement. Okay. And maybe uh it it again all of these things are are well not all of them there's one I think that's uh, pretty standard but uh they they pretty much um require looking at your personal circumstances and what you're doing if you've got your house paid for and you've got long-term care expenses dealt with either through insurance or funds that you've accumulated for that or whatever and in a variety of other things you have your travel plans or you don't have your travel plans you may need that much you may need less but you very well could need more and i'm finding more right. and more that people really aren't planning to reduce their standard of living in retirement. They want well, to that's, maintain that. That's a great point. So that's the first question. Do you want to reduce your level of retire level of living in retirement uh, mm-hmm. going down to 75 or 
may cause that. Uh, and B, often early in the year, and I think this, again, is a sliding scale, early years of retirement, it may be more than 100% of what you were doing for income because you're, you know, you're, you're partying, right? Doing more things that you you're can doing do more now stuff. because you got time on your hands. Yeah, right? you're, you're enjoying those early go-go years of retirement. So, right, yep. right. Okay. This one, I think, is one you were going to refer to, uh, the rule of 72. Yeah. Uh, this, this is just a way to figure out how quickly your money will double. So um, it, it's, it's simple math. Okay. So here's, here's how it works, if I can say it without stumbling over it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because I always tell people, I am a financial advisor, but I'm not really good at math. So you know, oh, gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta deal with this. Right. All right. So what you do is you take the interest rate that you're going to assume that you're earning uh, or that you ha- are earning or have earned, whatever. Right. Okay. And you divide that into 72, and whatever your answer is will tell you how long, how many years it will take for your money to double at that rate of interest. So, so at like 6%, let's say, that's what, yeah. 12 years? So you divide 6 into 72, and I am pretty good at this part. 6 into 72, and that's 12 years. So <laughs> if you're earning a steady 6% rate year in, year out, in 12 years, right. you should have twice as much money as you had initially. And this, this is based on... A set amount of money being invested. It's not taken into consideration if you're adding to the account. It's okay. just that, that new So that let's money just say $10,000 in 12 years should be $20,000. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Yep. And this by is really way, just math, not a rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's what, that's what it is. And, and by the way, there's another rule called the rule of 115. Mm-hmm. And that, that when you divide your rate into 115, and that will tell you how many years it takes to triple that same oh, block. Oh, well, there you go. A little bonus rule as well. So, yeah. A little bonus rule. Little from right. Mike. Nice. Okay. So the rule of 72. And, and this one is one that many advisors actually definitely use in their practice because, again, it's math. Right mm-hmm. versus just kind of being some of these other rules of thumb. So yeah, uh, if exactly. you're if you're hearing about the rule of seventy two, you can have a little bit more. I, I feel a little more comfortable putting some stock into that one, if you will. No pun intended. Correct. No so, pun intended. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Rule of five. Speaking of stocks, what's the rule of five? All right. Uh, this does not have to do with basketball. And, you know how many players you have on the court. Uh, <laughs> right. This is what a lot, a lot of times people will say. We typically experience a bear market or a down market uh, every five years. Boy, that got blown out of the water the last 12 years, didn't it? That's right. Yeah. I mean, we've seen 10 years, 12 years, whatever it was from 2008 to 2020. What is that? 12 years Mm -hmm. uh, between bear markets. And then we had a quick bear market there uh, in in, uh, February to April of 2020. They they, they don't like to count that one, though, Mike, because it was only two months. Yeah, you know? but it was 34% down. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of gloss over that one, though, because, you that's know. That's a definite bear market. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But right. I, I, again, have it, another one now. The, the, so. the key in this is on average. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So it, so you don't uh, make your investments based on that. In fact, going back to that first thing we were talking about, about the um, uh, rule of 100, you, mm-hmm. you want to be able to live through different market conditions with your structure and not have to constantly be revisiting, tweaking it, and doing all that kind of stuff. You want to live your life. Okay. And yep. uh, so every five years, okay, maybe we do, but do the things that you don't have to worry about. Yeah, this one this one doesn't get used too much. And, and again, nah, it, you know, it's it something really that's just kind of a quick little thing. Uh, you know, rule, I think it's probably more for the financial media, so they have something to talk about. This is true. This is true. Many rules <laughs> of thumbs are. Um, yeah. Rule of 10. This one, you know, I think this one may have once upon a time had mm-hmm. more validity to it, but I don't think it carries much weight nowadays. But break this one down for us. Yeah, the rule of 10 says this: you should have 10 times your salary saved for retirement. By age 67. So 
what they're they're saying there is, you know, and it used to be maybe that that worked because sure, you make a hundred thousand a year, yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah, you had a pension that would offset it. That's true. Yeah, we had pensions, we had social security, and all these kinds of things. That this was kind of like the gravy on top. Um, I was just talking to some folks yesterday. They they their pension that they have and their social security they have. They don't really need any more money, but they got to take money out of their IRAs because of required minimum distributions. Yeah, you had a pension, you had Social Security, and even modest savings, and you were probably mm-hmm. in pretty good shape. But exactly. if you were doing 10 times, so let's say my example of 100000 then you had a million bucks by the time you were 67, and you right. had a pension? Well, heck yeah, you're, you're high on the hog. Exactly. Today, we don't have those pensions yeah. anymore so much, and there's a million bucks might not do about it. about Social Security, you yeah. know, so... Um, that, so the 10 times is, may not be enough. You think about it. Cause we're going to talk about, I think, uh, one of these rules is bound to be the 4% rule. It is. That's the next one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, you know, you got the 4% rule that says, well, I'm, I guess I'm preempting. No, go it. ahead. Right. Roll, roll right on yeah, into why it. Why not? Let's yeah, just four, roll 4% okay, so rule is the last one on my list. Most people have heard about it. Okay. All right. And, and, and basically it's what used to be considered the safe rate of uh, distribution that you could take off your pot of money, your your investments, and never run out of money. Okay. So and we'll talk a little bit about more, that more in a minute. So let's just say you've got 10 times your salary saved and your salary was $100,000 on average or at the end or what have you. And so you got a right. million dollars when you're 67. Right. You take 4% off of that, that's $40,000 a year. Okay. So if you got social security for yourself, if you're married and you have your spouse has social security, either on based on their own earnings or on a spousal benefit, you know, take that social security, add 4% of a million to it or $40,000. Is that enough to live on? It might be. Yeah. It just, again, it depends on your circumstances and, you know, what you have in terms of ongoing obligations and what you want to do. But, um, for like an know, average uh, person, you might say, well, heck yeah. I mean, I, you know, we can make if, you know, 40,000 from this, uh, mm-hmm. whatever social security is, even not a pension, let's just say social security right. is, you know, another, I don't know, let's say it's $2,000 a month. So that's another, what, $24,000 a year. So that 24 and 40, 64,000, you know, hey, okay, cool. 5,000 a month. That's, is, yeah, that sounds pretty that doable done? for many, many yeah. people. However, Mike, let's play devil's advocate real quick. You got a million dollars in the IRA. Guess what? You aren't taking four percent out of a million and getting forty thousand because you don't have four uh, a million. You've got like seven hundred and something because the government has some of that. That's right. You're going to pay taxes on so that let's, money. So let's let's call it seven hundred thousand. Well, now it's twenty eight grand, not mm-hmm. forty. Can you live off twenty eight grand? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's all kinds of calculations. That's why they call these rules of thumb. Because, I mean, you know, if it is just Social Security and withdrawal from an IRA, maybe there isn't much or any tax on the IRA, depending on how much you got in it and what you have to take out. Because Social Security is not taxable, yeah. uh, you know, if your income's a certain level. So anyway, I wonder a lot if rule of things of, to consider. <laughs> I wonder if rule of thumb came from like, you know, when you'd hold your thumb up and you'd like, especially like for building something, you'd eyeball it with your thumb. Yeah. And you kind of, I wonder if that's where that came that from. Is. Yeah, that's know. great. We'll have to figure that out. If you know, we'll if folks, if, yeah, if you know why they call it a rule of thumb, no matter what it is, uh, shoot uh-huh. us a message. Drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So of all of any of these rules, Mike, do you use any? Do you put any stock into any of these? Maybe except for the rule of seventy-two, since it's math. But right, any right. of the other ones, any any validity, or is it just good for conversation, back of the napkin kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's like you say, a conversation, um, a, just a, a quick thought, uh, you know, of, hey, are we kind of here? But yeah, I'd say the one that I use more than anything else is the 4% rule, but mm-hmm. I've adjusted it because 
3.1% rule or 2.9% rule, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little more complex than that because, you know, I'm good at math. Right. Um, <laughs> no, really, what it what it amounts to is they, and there's something that's kind of newer, and it, it, it fits well with the concern people have over health care expenses getting larger and larger as we age. Yeah, true. Uh, not so much with the go-go years versus the no-go years type thing. But anyway, here's, here's how it works is you take your age, you divide it by 20, okay? And so let's just say you're 60 years old, because that's an easy one. Divide that 20 into 60, that's three. That would be the percent that you'd take off your money at that time. So you're going to be taking off a smaller amount of hopefully a larger block of money you know, to meet your needs, but it allows your money to stay invested, more of your money to stay invested to help offset inflation going forward. And that's one of the big things that they're trying to deal with here. A, a lot of sure. times we as advisors, we've used 3% as a, an inflation rule. Now, over the last 20, 30 years, 40 years, whatever, inflation's been less than that in general, okay, less than 3%. But if you go back to the late 70s, early 80s, and then other timeframes, it's been much higher than that. The average has been about four and a quarter percent over time. So a 4% rule uh, would say take 4% out of your money and hopefully you're leaving 4% in. So you're making a total of eight to offset inflation so that you can grow your income that you're taking off of your investments. But if inflation's average 4% and uh, you're, you know, you're just matching that, you're, you're telling yourself, I've got to make 8% in retirement when I'm typically not as open to taking a lot of risk and having a lot of volatility because I don't want my money jumping all over the place. And particularly, I don't want it jumping down while I'm having to take money out. Uh, maybe that's a little aggressive. So that's why this one that kind of gives you a lower uh, percentage that you can take out when you're younger, allow the money to grow a little more uh, longer and faster than it would otherwise. So that when you say 80 and you divide by 20, that's 4%. Now you're taking out that. If you reach 90, now it's what is that? Twenty and four and a half percent, right? And if you get to the rule of one hundred, it's five percent. So I mean, you know, you're just gradually increasing the percent that you can take out and be safe. That's the thing that I'm not going to run out of money. That's that's what that rule's for. All you right, figure that out. Well, good stuff this week here on the podcast. So, a little conversation about rules of thumb, some bonus rules of thumb as well from Mike. So, if you've got questions and you've got some concerns, instead of relying on something that's just kind of close or sliding scale or kind of uh, eyeballing it, if you will, uh, like you hold your thumb up, you know, and you're kind of eyeballing, you know, if you built your house that way, you probably wouldn't have a very level house. So, don't build your finances that way either. 336-668-4338 if you'd like to come out and attend that workshop that we talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, or to just you know talk with Mike in general about getting a, a strategy in place, getting a strategic plan in place. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Enjoyed it, Mark. Maybe a little too much talk on that 4% versus the 20, uh, divide by 20 rule. But uh, you know, sometimes if you just take your time and walk through it, it makes some sense. So if anybody wants to do that, feel yeah, free. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, what, that's the whole point of the podcast is cool. to share some information. So yeah, definitely reach out and have a conversation about that. Again, you can stop by the website, spcinvesting.com and give them a call. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can catch new episodes as they come out or listen to past ones. We'll see you next time here on Strategic Planning.
information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.